What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Welcome back to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. We got East Coast bias. It's going down. Unfortunately, JJ's not with us, but we got Joe House in the building. How you doing? Dream. We got it all locked, baby. JJ, I don't know why I didn't leave at halftime of that Jets-Dolphin game, because it was over, but he must have wanted to sit there and enjoy South Beach a little bit more. We won't hold that against him in this holiday season. Dream, I have to ask you, your biggest takeaway from the NFL, and it's not just Sunday because we had Saturday, we had Thursday. What caught your eye, my friend? The biggest takeaway that I have is that nobody's beating the 49ers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they continue to blow out teams each and every single week. Meanwhile, my Dallas Cowboys, as I said, they're a different team on the road than they are at home. Obviously, this is a team that's putting up almost 40 points per game at home, and they got pushed back by that Bills team. So what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, Jay, uh, Dream, that was a pure read on the Cowboys. We were uh, a unanimous front on East Coast bias. We tried to tell everybody who was paying attention, including the podfather, Bill Simmons just would not be persuaded. He was so enamored of that Dallas defense, he would not listen to the good common sense that we tried to offer up to him. But for me, for sure, um, you know, the 49ers just keep rolling along. And uh, that is the reason that Brock Purdy is currently minus 200 as the MVP uh, of the league, the front runner by, by quite a bit. Um, but for me, I like some of what's going on um, at these lower echelons. It looks like we can finally cross some teams off and out of the playoff hunt. Go ahead and cross off the Steelers. They're cooked. That that's that they're uh deader than fried chicken if I can steal a dream line. And then <laughs> I like uh let's go ahead and cross off the Packers because uh their defensive coordinator, they can't stop a dynamic run attack out of Tommy DeVito, and they can't stop Baker Mayfield throwing balls down the seam. I'm not sure what he thinks he can stop. 
I know Jair Alexander continues to be, you know, missing games and he's not a, a return participant. And they were missing a safety, but they were, and I'm talking about the Packers, incapable of getting a stop. The, the Buccaneers had four possessions in the second half. It was touchdown, 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 kneel down. That's called winning the football game. So long, Packers. It was fun while it lasted. I believed in them and now I don't. But to me, you know, the playoff picture is starting to ripen up a little bit. In terms of those caliber of teams, uh, anybody jump out at you? Oh, without a doubt. It's the Atlanta Falcons. And at this point, (laughs) like you have to put Arthur Smith on the hot seat. This was a team that... All of the sharp bettors in Vegas, all of the sharp bettors all across the country were betting on their win total over. And now you need them to win out in order for them to go over. This is a team that people bet to win the NFC South. They had one of the easiest schedules in football, and they have back-to-back losses where they gave up a score to end the game. Those defensive injuries have really killed the Falcons. But more than that, Desmond Ritter continues to just give games away. They had an opportunity to clinch this game and he throws like a mind-boggling interception. And Arthur Smith is just not putting these guys in the right position. So the the Atlanta Falcons are completely done to lose to this Carolina Panthers team who really Bryce Young has just been absolutely abysmal. And this is the first time I've seen him look comfortable like almost all year. So the Falcons are completely finished. Yeah, you're right about that. And whoever is to blame for drafting Bijan Robinson with that eighth overall pick, and whoever is to blame for the decision that Desmond Ritter should be the quarterback of this team, and that, and whoever made the decision that Tyler, Taylor Heineke would be the backup, they rolled into this season with the talent on both sides of the ball to hit the win total, and it was a reasonable forecast based on what you know, a lot of folks were looking at. The problem is, you he, he Desmond Ritter can't be a quarterback in the NFL. He is a he, he makes game losing plays. Anytime you have an opportunity to see Lamar Jackson, and you you get a chance to pick him up as a free agent, and you decide you want Desmond Ritter, you got to do it. Yeah, like, I, I, it's just it's absolutely incredible that you can make that decision. And this is they got what they deserve. So you look at. The other two teams in the NFC South, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you got the New Orleans Saints. Out of those two teams, who are you rolling with? And it, like I like how Baker Mayfield has been playing lately. Like, they've been absolutely rolling. Well, I think if it's a question of which quarterback do you trust more, and I think that's what it kind of boils down to, it's very hard to go against uh, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. He has the receiving core. That was the case you know, coming into the, the season. The biggest question mark for them was, okay, so they have that side of the ball. It requires Baker, you know, to kind of be a version of himself that we hadn't seen for a little while. But okay, with that receiving core, he there there was a a, a symbiosis. They found a rhythm early in the season. They jumped out uh, to a three and one record. The thing that now has transformed their team is the the emergence of Rashad White and and the uh, play calling on the offensive side of the ball. The dude's name is Dave. I know, I, I know they, they their folks are mentioning it, like Ken Azales or something like that. I'm sure I got it wrong. But he deserves some credit here because his inventiveness, what they've been doing on the offensive side of the ball, Rashad in, in space catching the ball and also running the ball, it's creating problems. And when you go up against 
uh, defensive coordinators that that are in a, unable to adjust like Joe Barry. They cooked him. They cooked him. Yeah, ab- absolutely fried him. And I, I like what I'm seeing from this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team right now. You look at the last couple of weeks, you put up 34 on the Packers, 29 on, on the Falcons. This team has won three straight, and they've taken control of this division. So it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. And this Jaguars team has been completely disappointing. And they've left the door ajar for either the Houston Texans or the Indianapolis Colts to win this division. So is there any of those teams in that AFC South that you're picking to win this division going forward? I have no idea. I mean, I was was impressed by the Colts taking care of business at home. Houston gets the return of C.J. Stroud coming up this week, which is why they're favored at home and and this Jacksonville team looks hell-bent on snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean the number of times that they had the ball on the uh uh Raven side of the field and converted that into zero points. Um that and, and and it's been a theme all season long. We've seen their ineffectiveness in the red zone. We've seen especially Trevor Lawrence being ineffective in the red zone and this is the second time this season that this Jacksonville Jaguars team at the end of a half gets the ball inside of the five-yard line with a clock ticking down and manages to leave points on the, rather than just run the field goal team on out there and take the free points, the free points that were not there until you made the miracle play, take the free points. It's, like it's, beyond it's that, right there. How, about just spi- how about just spiking the ball and giving <laughs> yourself time to think? Like he tried to do the, the the Dan Marino fake spike and then th- and didn't throw it into the end zone. Like you can't do that. So all the talk about Trevor Lawrence being this generational quarterback, he's not that. And I, I think people need to accept that. Like I mean, he's a good quarterback, but he's very far from generational. And I think when the time comes, we might look back and say he's not even the best quarterback in this division because C.J. Stroud appears to be that guy. So. I'm really excited to see what happens with this division. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they have the Buccaneers, the the Panthers, and the Titans coming up. And the Titans are no pushover. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see this Jacksonville Jaguars team fall out of the playoffs altogether. Wow. Well, I mean, look, one of those three teams is definitely not going to make it. And I don't I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other for any, the, the, any of those teams. Yeah, at this point, it's it's very difficult to do so. So you got the Colts at, at minus 144 to make the postseason. So it seems like there's a lot of respect for the Colts within the market. And you look you look at the AFC South, the Jaguars are only, only minus 130 to win that division. The Colts are plus 260 and Texans are plus 270. So that shows you how close things are right now. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly right. Let, let me ask you this. On the AFC side, uh, congratulations to Miami. That was exactly the right kind of bounce back performance. The Ravens are in the driver's seat with the one seed. The uh, Dolphins and the Chiefs, the Chiefs are behind them, right behind them. And then it's, it's, it's the Dolphins. Of those three teams, do you have a perspective on when we end up here, who's going to be holding the one seed? Ooh, between the Ravens, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. So I think it's ultimately still the Chiefs just because the Chiefs just have the schedule in order to, to, to blow this thing open. And 
the caveat is that Justin Herbert is out for the season. And you get to play them. You get to play a Raiders team in which you dominated. You get to play the Bengals without Joe Burrow. And I know Jake Browning has played well, but that Bengals defense can be beaten up on. You saw it last week with Nick Mullins. So I think they're the favorite. You look at the the Dolphins. They have to play the Ravens. So one of those two teams are going to lose. They have to play the Cowboys, Ravens, and and Bills to close out the season. They aren't going undefeated to, to close out the season. And you look at the Ravens. They got the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. And... All of those are tough games. Even the game against the Steelers, despite the fact that the Steelers like are hot garbage right now, it's still a divisional game. So you got to give it to the Chiefs there. And I know FanDuel had it up where you could bet on the number one seed. I'm not sure if that's up right now, but if you have have a bet, you got to take that. Not surprising. You and I are 100% in lockstep. And I will confess right up front, we will talk about the Week 16 slate and things that are catching our eye. I immediately bet the uh, 49ers when that line came out it was in the four and a half range I bet it immediately Uh, it's up to five and a half now I'm still fine with that I'm fine with anything less than six Um, I think that this Ravens defense continues to be a gigantic question mark what we saw the Rams do to them in Baltimore last week and then Jacksonville just couldn't get out of its own way I mean Jacksonville didn't have any problem with moving the ball down into the red zone, near the red zone, into scoring position. They just came away with zero points because they are a terrible team at executing against good teams. So uh, this Ravens defense with the question marks, and and to me it looks like room in the middle of the field. That is the area that San Francisco likes to, to, to perform in. I like San Francisco at anything less than a touchdown in this upcoming Week 16 slate. So Going back to that uh, observation around the number one seed, you and I, shocker, we, we're in total agreement that it's the Chiefs in the AFC. So FanDuel actually has those odds up right now. To be the number one seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens are minus 200. The Miami Dolphins are plus 310. The Kansas City Chiefs are plus 500. Let's so, go! Yeah, like there's some correlation right now. So you could take, if you think San Francisco is going to win this game, you could take the Chiefs right now. And it'll put you in a good position. And then all you got to do is just hope that the Chiefs went out and the Ravens lose one of those games against the Dolphins. And it's yours. So I think that's a great price on the Chiefs right now. Obviously, in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, they have the they pretty much got it locked. They're minus 280 to win the number one seed. The Philadelphia Eagles are plus 220. And the Cowboys, after that destruction against the Bills, 4,141 <laughs> to one. So it's tough. <laughs> nah, we're good. We're good. It's, it, it's the Niners. And, and you know, honestly, why lay that juice? The better juice to lay is Purdy as MVP. Uh, I did admire what he did after the game, which was come out and say, look, the MVP of this team is Christian McCaffrey. If, if I had a vote, I would vote for Christian McCaffrey. That was very smart, uh, very generous of him. And honestly, he ain't wrong. I mean, I was trying to look at these odds and try and come up with another candidate. The only candidate I could come up with was Lamar Jackson at plus 450. And it is because he he seems um, likely he's poised to exceed over 3,700 yards passing and exceed over 900 yards rushing. Our homie Ben Solak uh, put this out there for us. Extra point taken. 
Uh, It'll be the first time in NFL history that a quarterback hits those numbers. And if the Ravens get the one seed and Lamar hits those numbers, then to me, that's a that's a good MVP bet because there there should be some diminished reflection on 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 Purdy. It's not a knock on Purdy. It's just a recognition that that uh, San Francisco situation is a system situation that doesn't make um, a, a, a a bad thing whatsoever. Purdy's been extraordinary. His execution, his judgment, his ability to execute that offense, all extraordinary. But I would I would give it to Lamar under these circumstances if it all plays out this way and the Ravens end up with the one seed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there 100%. I think it's a little frustrating for me because when you look at Christian McCaffrey, this is a guy who has 1,800 yards from scrimmage, and he's going to finish with 25 touchdowns. This is not a normal season. And it's an indictment of what the media feels about every other position besides quarterback. We know that the quarterback is the most valuable position, but I just think things have gone way too far with people taking MVP voting literally. Like to me, the the players having the two best seasons right now are Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. And Neither one of them are going to sniff MVP. You got Christian McCaffrey at 20 to 1, Tyreek Hill at 25 to 1. So it, it's just, it's very sad. So, um, well, if we were doing to- this, if we were doing this with any justice in the world, we would be talking about Miles Garrett because the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs with four quarterbacks. And the reason for that is because that defense anchored by Miles Garrett is keeping them competitive and able to to go up against literally anybody like I I said this as a joke on on one of our recent shows I love Cleveland at home with Joe Flacco now we saw the full version of Joe Flacco yesterday but but look they they have talent what would they let uh uh the tight end and uh and Juco go crazy the Bears did and that that defense is is just it keeps them in games yeah, I mean, when you watch that game yesterday, the Bears scored 20 points and Joe Flacco basically threw two pick sixes. The first the first pick that he threw, the Bears got it down to the one yard line or so. So they were pretty much on the like that was a pick six in all intents and purposes. And then the second one was a pick six. So they basically held that Bears offense with Justin Fields. He's been playing lights out lately. They held them to seven offensive points minus the two interceptions. So that defense is lights out. And the, the crazy thing is you go on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, Miles Garrett is second to Micah Parsons. He's plus 150 to win the award. And I oh, think... Oh, let's go. That's, that's insane. Plus, plus like, money for Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year? Yes. Oh, so we just gave out two tremendous winners. Everybody, if you're not listening to East Coast Bias on Monday and trying to catch some, some early winners... Plus 500 for the Chiefs as the number one seed. Mark it down December the 18th. We told you all this at 12 noon. And Miles Garrett at plus 150 to win Defensive Player of the Year. Do you know what's going to happen with this Cowboys defense when they go down to Miami? Now, I think that they're going to be put forth a spirited effort, but they're, they're in different classes altogether. We're talking about Miles Garrett through the first eight games of the season. That's a reasonable kind of allocation of odds based on a portion of the season that doesn't exist any longer. The season that's right in front of our faces 
is Miles Garrett is the most defensive uh, uh, Im- 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 imposing player by a long shot. So two winners. We're trying our best out here, my friends. We have a Monday night football game tonight between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. Last time the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Seattle Seahawks on the road was in November of 2008. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Seattle Seahawks 26-7, November 2nd, 2008. Tonight, the Eagles are laying three. Over under 45 and a half. You're looking at Jalen Hurts. He's banged up. He couldn't miss the game. What's your thoughts here? Well, we, we don't know who's playing quarterback for either team because uh, Geno Smith still working with his his groin issue. Um, so I I don't want to mess with, with, with the side. To me, it's an underplay because if you get either of Drew Luck or, or Marcus Mariota, then you're you're all that that just takes points right right off the board. Um, I do admire the fight that Seattle is showing. They literally tried to fight the sea uh, the Forty ers last week. DK got himself kicked out of the game, but I can't do anything with the side. I know JJ has a perspective on it though. Dream what, 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 JJ has a strong feeling, doesn't he? Does he? Um, I didn't I didn't see it. What was he, his he texted us. He's like my uh, Seattle. All day, every day. He wants them on the money line. He wants them every which way. He's on, he's on Seattle tonight. Oh, I love Seattle tonight. And the biggest reason why is that I don't trust this Eagles defense. They're 29th in EPA per play, 23rd in success rate. Their passing defense, I mean, it's just abysmal. They're 23rd in DVOA against the pass, and they can't get off the field on third down. They're like, they're dead last in third down conversion percentage on defense. So whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's Geno Smith, <laughs> whether you bring in, you know, Matt Liner from U- USC, like I'm, I'm taking like whoever Seattle has at quarterback, I'm taking them because I don't think there's a downgrade from Drew Locke to Geno Smith and vice versa. I just, well, I, <laughs> we, we do have a Matt figuring in uh, uh, significantly. The news yesterday is Sean Desai has quietly been reassigned a position. He is not going to be the defensive play caller. It's going to be Matt Patricia instead, who's done nothing but cover himself in glory since his time leaving the New England Patriots. Uh, Glory, if you're in the pencil over the ear business, everything else having to do with football, he's covered in in a substance that that is uh, not very pleasant. But, you know, it's a very weird thing at this time of the season to be Making a shift like that, it feels like to me, Dream, under these circumstances with, uh, you know, the, the way that defense has performed and the knockdown dragout effect of the schedule, it's caught up to them now. They have to go cross country. I understand the thesis for uh, investing in Seattle here. It's just going to, I'm only going to play the under. That's the way I'm going to play it. Okay, so you're on the under. Me and JJ are on Seattle. I like the plus three. JJ likes it money line. I think I like it money line too. This Seattle team, to me, they've been like they've just had such a, a tough schedule lately. It, it's kind of really been unfair. They played the 49ers, they played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and they played the 49ers again. And before that, they played a Rams team. And we know Sean McVay has owned Pete Carroll. So this is the spot. This is uh, they've lost four games in a row. They have to win this game. And I just think when I look at the Eagles, we speak about their defense, but the offense really hasn't been playing as well. Like the first half of that Bills game, 
they were only in it because the refs kept calling everything against the Bills. Their 49ers game, the 49ers shut them out and like in for most of the second half. And then against the Cowboys, they only had one offensive touchdown. So they're trending downward. So I like Seattle in this game. You like the under. I think we both end up hitting. So is there any look-ahead spots that you like for Week 16 in the NFL? Well, I mentioned San Francisco laying anything less than a touchdown against the Ravens. I'm also on the Rams. It's a short work week for them. They're home hosting the Saints, but the number, I think, is only four. I, I, I that That's another one where... Um, you could push it all the way up to six for me, and I'd still be fine with taking the Rams. This version of the Rams that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it was a natural letdown spot yesterday for them against that Washington Seawards team. And they're they're, you know, the Seawards showed some fight coming off of the bye week, but um the Rams were 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 just very organized uh in handling their business. They almost let a backdoor cover come come through. But Riverboat Ron, Rowboat Ron made sure that there was no scenario under which he would contemplate that rather than go for the two that he should have gone for with Washington down 28-20. They went for the extra point with the long snapper that is going to be out of the NFL and missed that. So that was it. Congrats to all the Rams backers out there. But the Rams laying four to me is a, is a good uh, starting point for Thursday night. How, how, what do you got? So I got two. So... I'm looking at the over 43, and this, I mean, this is coming down, but I disagree with it, like, pretty strongly. Like, the over 43 in the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, you look at this Tampa Bay Bucks offense right now, they are rolling. I mean, like, they've had four straight overs, and I, I think people don't realize it, but it's now the longest streak in the league in terms of overs, and you, you look at... They put up 20 against the Indianapolis Colts. They put up 21 against the Panthers in a game, which, you know, filled with rain. The over-under was 37. It got there pretty easily. They put up 29 against the Falcons, 34 against the Packers. And this Jaguars pass defense, as we saw last night, it leaves a lot to be desired. They also can be run on. And you can look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They're 28th in success rate. They're 20th in EPA per play. And they also can't stop the pass. And we saw that yesterday with Jordan Love. So I think this is a bounce back spot for Trevor Lawrence. And I think both of these offenses get going. So I like the over 43 in that game. And then the other game I like is the Minnesota Vikings. And Oh, okay. Yeah, I just think this is... This, we we saw Minnesota in that defense. They continue to play really well. I know Jake Browning got off in the second half. But I still don't trust this Detroit Lions defense at all. They should not be laying three here. Three on the road. I grabbed the three and a half. So I like those two. Yeah, the crazy thing is that it opened above three and it lasted all of not even 12 hours. Everybody plowed in uh, to to Minnesota at home. And I'll probably play that money line. I like Minnesota at home under these circumstances. The Nick Mullins thing cannot be overstated. He is he's competent. And, And those weapons, you know, Jefferson's back. If Jefferson has another week where he gets some restored health, then that that's really uh, a nice spot for Minnesota, who's playing for their playoff lives. And it was a 50-50 game on the road for them on, on Saturday. Um, that they, you know, they they had that game under control against the 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 Bengals, and Bengals came back. Um, I do have a teaser. Let me bounce this off of you real quick. I want um, to 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 grab Buffalo, who is going to travel with Bills Mafia out to Los Angeles. There will be 
No Chargers fans whatsoever in SoFi Stadium. The Bills are laying 11 and a half. Let's take that down by six, down to uh, five and a half. And then let's get that paired up with the Cleveland Browns as two and a half point dogs to the Texans and push that up to eight and a half. Talk me out of one or, one or both of those legs if you don't like it. So is CJ Stroud playing next week? Because that, 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 I mean, that's the, that's the, that's why this number is this number. It's anticipated. That's why the Texans are favored here. So um, I think I, I need to wait on that just to okay. see what the market, because if CJ Stroud is ruled in, that number is going to go up. And oh. yeah, that number is definitely going to go up. And the, we've been speaking about this all year. Cleveland's defense is different on the road. Great versus, point. Uh, versus it is at home. So I like that teaser leg. I think it's a good teaser leg, especially at 42 and a half. But I just want to, I want the market to, you know, sharpen up and, and us to get an understanding of who's playing in that game because I think the total, the total is definitely going to go up. And right. I expect the side to go up as well. Now, I like the Buffalo teaser, but I just, you know, I never like teasing through six. I know, We're, I know, I know. But, but you know, you know, the interesting thing is I think this is probably a good time. Do you play 10-point teasers? I do, sure, of course. So we got some big legs on the board. You look at Buffalo, they're laying 12 to this Chargers team. And I know there was sharp money who came on on the Chargers, but the Chargers aren't going to win this game at no. all. I mean, I know a lot no. of people, Brandon Staley got fire you you always get that new coach bump this this got bet down from 13 to to 11 11 and a half now but i think you could do a 10 point teaser three team buffalo kansas city who's also laying 10 to the raiders and then if you wanted to take the eagles or if you wanted to take if you wanted to take like jacksonville and the reason why I say Jacksonville is because they're catching one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over yeah. under, yeah. you know, 43. I, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win within margin. And I even though I like that over, it's still a low total. So I think you could do, you know, you could find another underdog, but those are two gr- great legs to tease Buffalo and Kansas City on a Tampa. Oh, I love it. So then find the third one to put with it. And that's a nice one. That's a nice Christmas present that we're trying to give out to everybody, Dream. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can keep it going. So um, we do have a same game parlay for NBA tonight. Yeah, um, let's talk people... a little NBA. How about that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's always great to talk NBA. So right now, you're looking at the landscape of the league. How are you feeling about things? Is there any team that stands out for you? So it, Dream, the interesting thing to me is we've got 25 solid teams kind of contending and then five really awful teams. But now that December the 15th has come and gone, even the um, terrible teams, the guys on those teams are eligible to be traded, a lot of them. So I think you might we might start seeing some surprising outcomes out of some of the, the, the bad teams. I mean, Washington gave Phoenix everything that they wanted last night, and Washington beat the Pacers a couple nights ago because those dudes are all auditioning for, for their next... Uh, opportunity but you know I, i'm looking at in terms of betting trends you know opportunities to, to keep betting and cashing on these overs because it's been an insane overseason dream oh yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely been an insane overseason obviously you look at teams like the indiana pacers they just they're just always going over so um you could never do wrong with that even my philadelphia 76ers they're 15 and 6 to the over so is there anything that you like for tonight 
Um, the one thing for sure, uh, I just mentioned Washington. They lost a tight one to Phoenix last night. The total, they are in Sacramento. The total for that game on the FanDuel Sportsbook at the time of taping this uh, is 248. I can't urge the over enough. Uh, Washington, with any kind of fatigue whatsoever, it's already a turnstile, and they love to play at pace. And we know what Sacramento likes to do at home. This game is going to be, you know, like 144 to, to 120. Grab that over, cash it, sit back, and enjoy a little extra Christmas money for the week coming up. So I know you like to bet overs. Me personally, I like to bet against human achievement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah, I know I sound like a hater, but I'm the guy who shows up. And if, like, I'll go to a game and I hope that no one scores ever. <laughs> so, um, continuing on with that theme, I like the Bulls 76ers under 227 and a half. And I also like the Hornets Raptors under 225. <laughs> well, look, w- we have a same game parlay featuring the Denver Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks. And my favorite leg in connection with that game is an under, under 238 and a half. The two teams combined for 239 earlier this season when they played against each other, but that was the first game of the in-season tournament. So everything about that game was a little funky, but the most prominent reason for the under, from my perspective, in Denver is the fact that Dallas is super depleted. Uh, I think Denver's going to just just bully them um, with, with, with size, uh, and and Dallas is mit- missing uh, uh, Lively. They're missing Kleber. They're missing Josh Green, you know, uh, there is a Kyrie on down the list. Um, I think it's a bully opportunity for Denver. And I like the under under those circumstances. So I have a bombshell to drop on you and you can tell me what you think. I like a team tonight that's lost 23 straight games. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's go. And not only do I like them, I like them on the money line. Wow. They're playing plus 450 right now. You look at this team. And they're playing the Atlanta Hawks. They're on the road. Yes. We're talking about the Detroit Pistons, everybody, in case you didn't know. They lost 23 straight games. And they're taking on this Atlanta Hawks team who is also in a little bit of a tailspin. People don't realize this. But if you go back to Saturday, December 2nd, can you guess how many games they've won? Saturday, December 2nd. So... They probably have played 10 games in that span-ish, 10-ish, maybe eight eight or nine. Uh, I'm going to say two games. They're one and seven in, <laughs> since December 2nd. Oh, no. They that lost hurts to the our Bucks. overs. That hurts our overs, buddy. Yeah, it definitely does. So they lost to the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, the Nuggets. They played the Raptors twice in a two-game series. They lost the first one, won the second one, and then they lost to Cleveland on Saturday night. And both of these teams come into this game playing the third game in three nights. I mean, mm. the third game in four nights. And the the Hawks are coming off this road stand. So they always say that the first game of the, the, the road stand is always the toughest. Uh-huh. So I'm going to take a shot on the Pistons here to win this game outright. If they don't win this game, they got the Utah Jazz at home on Thursday. We're going to double down then. I love they it. They might even win both of these games. But <laughs> I think this is, one of the, this is one of the few times where I think a Martingale strategy works well. Because either this is going to be a historically bad thing and they're not going to you know, win 
they're going to lose like 30 straight games. Yes. Or they're going to win one of these next two games because after the Hawks and the Jazz, they got the Brooklyn Nets on the road. They got the Brooklyn Nets again. They got the Celtics, the Raptors, Houston Rockets, Jazz, Warriors, and Nuggets all on the road. So it's one of these next two games. I think the streak ends. I love it. I'll I'll join you on this. I mean, I just love the, it, there's a basic regression element to it. Um, you know, when you, with, with that streak of losses that, you know, at, at some point there is a W in there just on a pure math basis. So um, I'll join you on that. That's a fun one. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I mean, it is what it is. It's the NBA. Hopefully they can end this streak soon because a lot of people, we, we all like Monty Williams as a person. Um, I reserve how I feel about his coaching. I think he kind of kills <laughs> the young guy's confidence at times like he did with with, with Aiton and yep. with the Suns. But hopefully they can get it together. I don't like to see teams lose like this. So um, this has been the East Coast Bias. Y'all know how it's going down. Make sure you check us out. We got a lot of great things coming. Ringer Wise Guys every Sunday. East Coast Bias on Thursdays. Rosh Thomas Show on Tuesdays. We got Joe House and Warren Sharp on Fridays. Check out the Ringer Camo feed. Y'all know how it's going down. We out. Must be 21 and up and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York.